Your neighbor Jim figured out that with MetroPCS, he gets unlimited data, talk, and text for $30, period. Babe, that color looks awesome. Just like he figured out that shopping with his wife will buy him a night with his buddies. That's Guy's Night Out figured out. You too figure it out. Switch to MetroPCS on the fast 4G LTE T-Mobile network for only $30, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Plan includes first one gigabyte of data at up to 4G LTE speeds. See store or MetroPCS.com for details and terms and conditions and data management info. Hello again, everyone. I'm Joe Longinusa, welcoming you to another edition of Next on the T with Chris Mascaro. The show where industry leaders, golf professionals, and legends all come and discuss the great game we love so much. So without further ado, let's turn it over to our host to tell us who's next on the tee. Chris, take it away. Hey, thank you, Joe. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me again this morning on Next on the T. I am your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I have the wonderful privilege of having two great guests that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. First up, we're going to get a return visit from PGA pro Jim Estes. Jim has won a number of things. He was the 1985 Maryland Amateur Champion. He won on the then Nike Tour. He's been recognized by the PGA of America as their professional of the year. And perhaps his his greatest achievement is being co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association, which is doing such incredible things for our wounded warriors. I can't wait to get into that uh, when Jim joins me here in just a few moments. Following Jim, I'm going to get a return visit from Alan Edmonds CEO, Paul Grandgard. I've really enjoyed getting to know Paul and the folks over at Alan Edmonds and their line of shoes and apparel over the last few months. We're going to get an update from Paul on what Alan Edmonds has in store for us this fall. We'll talk also a little bit more about their partnership with Jack Nicklaus and the great golf shoes that they've created together. Paul is going to be around with me about 20 minutes from now. So it's going to be another great show today, folks. I'm so glad you're here to take the journey with me over the next hour or so. Next on the T is brought to you today by Seymour Putters. Let's get things rolling by hearing a word about them. Golfers, has this happened to you? Great drive. Perfect second shot on the green. Only the three or even four putts. Shaking your head all the way back to the cart. I have good news. Help is on the way with the Seymour Putter. The Seymour Putter Company patented RST technology sets up the putter perfectly every time. Using a visible gun sight on the top line. Genius. It's like locking radar onto the target. In this case, the golf hole. Putting the golfer in perfect position to make a reliable and consistent stroke. The 1999 U.S. Open and 2007 Masters Champions both use, you guessed it, the Seymour Putter. So if you're ready to make more putts and take strokes off your game, log on to Seymour.com. That's S-E-E-M-O-R-E.com and put a Seymour Putter in your bag today. Yeah, like Joe said, check out the rifle scope technology that helped now three majors to win three majors, including this year's Open Champions. So three majors, 36 tour events and counting, my friends. It's going to help you make more putts, too. I know it's helping me. Check them out online. It's Seymour, and that's S-E-E-M-O-R-E.com, and get one in your bag. You're going to be very glad you did. I also want to introduce you to our new sponsor, the French Lick Resort up in Indiana. Folks, 
you want to talk about a spectacular place to go, check out FrenchLick.com. It is absolutely spectacular. I had the privilege of taking my family up there in June, and we're already looking forward to going back as soon as possible. The, res the resort up there is historic. It's beautiful. And the golf, oh, my, the golf. The Pete Dye Golf Course uh, hosted uh, this year's Senior PGA Championship and is always kept in championship condition. The Donald Ross course is great. The site of Walter Hagen's PGA Championship victory back in 1924. They've also got the Valley Lynx course that dates back to 1907. They've got another great event coming up in August, the Legends Championship, uh, with many of the greatest LPGA players of all time going to be there. And now, let's hear a word about the French Lick Resort. Inkster, Rinker, Bradley, Stephen, Blaylock. Our rich golf history comes alive once again as the legends of the LPGA return to French Lick Resort August 28th through 30th. The Legends Championship, presented by Old National Bank, benefiting Riley Hospital for Children. See the greats of ladies' golf take on the gorgeous Pete Dye course in a fun and relaxed setting. Learn more about the Legends Championship, presented by Old National Bank, August 28th through the 30th at FrenchLick.com. So the French Lick Resort needs to be on your place of places to both stay and play golf. So it's a fantastic place. Check it out online. You can find them again at FrenchLick.com. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Allen Edmonds. You know, we're, like I said earlier, we're going to be talking with their CEO, Paul Grangard, here in a little while. But folks, the shoes of great leaders from the Oval Office to corner offices to stage and screen and promising cubicles all around the country are a part of what make people successful. The right footwear is important on the carpets and the hardwood floors of our global economy. Get it right with Made in USA quality and value from Allen Edmonds. Allen Edmonds is an American original. You can find them online at, online at allenedmonds.com. All right, we also want to kick off the show like we do every single week here on Next on the T, and that's by saluting the brave men and women serving in our military. We want to thank all of you for your daily sacrifices and for what you do to keep the rest of us safe. We also want to thank our veterans for all you've done for us over the years. We truly appreciate everything our military personnel and their families do and uh, sacrifice to keep the rest of our freedoms and our liberties the way they are. It's through your strength and your efforts that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and all the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It's an honor for us to have our show be a part of your network. You can find us by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. Also want to remind our veterans, be sure to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org. It's a wonderful website. You're going to find news and articles and a wealth of information designed specifically for our veterans. I'm sure you're going to find what you find on that site, both interesting and beneficial to you. Please check it out and bookmark it, globalvoiceforveterans.org. We also want to thank everyone listening in across the Internet on great radio sites like iHeartRadio. Tune in, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, wherever you're pulling us in from. We appreciate you taking a listen to the show today. Plus, if someone's dragging you to the mall or to the grocery store, if you're just simply tired of the same old, same old you get when you're out on your commute, please download the player.fm or Stitcher app on your smartphone. You can take us with you everywhere you go that way. Let us give you something fun to focus on while you're out and about. All right, now back with me on the Seymour Putters guest line is Jim Estes. Let me give you some background on Jim. He's from Washington, D.C., played his college ball at the University of Tennessee and then at the University of Maryland. Jim won the 1985 Maryland Amateur Championship. 
He played on the Nike Tour, now the Nationwide Tour, back in the late 80s and 90s, winning the 1989 Greater Ozarks Open and the 1996 Nike Inland Empire Open. Jim has also worked as a club professional during that time, winning the 1995 PGA Club Professional Player of the Year Award from the PGA of America. He is also the co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association, which provides rehabilitative golf experiences for our wounded warriors and our veterans. In 2007, he was one of 12 individuals recognized by Golf Magazine for their Innovator Award. And I'm very thankful to have Jim back with me and next on the tee this morning. Hey, Jim, how are you, my friend? Fantastic. Thank you for that introduction. That's uh, I, I forgot about all that stuff. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, my friend. So, Jim, you know, one of the places our show can be heard is uh, on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And I want to start by reminding our listeners about the great work you're doing, helping our wounded veterans and our military personnel, whether it's relearning the game after being wounded or introducing them to the game as well. Talk about the work you're doing with the Salute Military Golf Association. Sure, sure, Chris. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, well, it's it started in 2006. I made a trip over to Walter Reed, a Vietnam veteran friend of mine. He took some golf lessons and said he was going to go visit some of the troops. And I went over with him and I was just overwhelmed. I thought, man, I got to do something. He's a little, I got kids myself, you know, 18 and, and 20. And I'm thinking, man, this could be, this could be my son or my daughter. And I just thought, well, maybe they like golf. And he said, why don't you talk to some of these vets at the dinner uh, that I go to, Hal Coster from the Aletheia Foundation was a helicopter gunner pilot in Vietnam and started a, a great foundation to give vets and their families the opportunity to experience a meal, a hot meal on Friday nights, uh, particularly when you're, when you're injured and there's a prolonged period of time for rehabilitation. It's important to keep the family together. So got up and spoke and said, look, you know, I'm a golf pro. I don't know what I can do to help you guys. I know some of you have never played golf, but uh, I would love to get the opportunity to meet you guys and, and, uh, I want you to see some green grass and sunshine. I think that would help you. And we started it off, uh, you know, in 2007, Jamie Winslow and I, Jamie grew up with me in, in D.C. We went and played golf together at Manor Country Club. And um, Jamie played at GW and I played at Tennessee and Maryland. And uh, he just called me one day and he's like, uh, you know, I saw what you're what you did for the vets and uh i hosted a couple clinics we had what's called salute servicemen day and we had a bunch of the vendors come out and we gave free lessons when we had their families out and it, it just we had some people say hey why don't why don't we donate some money and why don't you just teach these guys and i thought yeah, that's a good idea i mean i don't know how wow. we make this happen so so jamie helped me get the paperwork uh you know filed with the irs and uh, off we went and now we have eight eight chapters um we've got a 16-week clinic series we do at three different locations and then we have various different clinic series based on the venue and uh, we've we gave out 227 sets of golf clubs last year custom clubs from TaylorMade uh to the vets and their families and uh, it's an inclusive activity you know we want children and their families to experience their golf and uh that's sort of the direction the pga is going and um you know, I'm pleased to say we have people of color, people from all different, I mean, just backgrounds. It's its its an amazing thing to see a vet who really possesses all the qualities that you want as a coach. They've got, you know, mental toughness, self-discipline, they're cool under pressure, they're physically fit. So I'm thinking, you know, I can make, make some headway with these folks. And uh, President Bush 
staff called me from the George Bush Foundation in 2011 and said, we want to do a Warrior Open, and I want you to be involved. And I, they saw an article in USA Today on Tim Wang, who's a Marine that lost his leg and got down to a scratch. And so off off we went. And, um, you know, we're small. We're a very small organization. But uh, we only have two employees. I don't I don't take a salary or anything like that. You know, I just get paid for my time. I'm a I'm a golf professional that teaches golf. I don't. That's all I do: teach and coach and play a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It, it's exciting every day to wake up to know that I'm I'm doing some small thing for somebody in the military. I have a military background. My dad was uh, in the Navy and he was a doctor. And um, his side of the family were Army folks at Fort Benning. And so I was indoctrinated to uh, to the military life as a young age so that's a and, little bit about things yeah so you know jim you, you mentioned eight chapters I, I, I know you i think you're working on a ninth but let our listeners know where they can uh, find the uh, you know find these chapters around the country sure i mean if you go to smga.org i mean we just got our website redone um and um, we've got something really exciting, Chris, called the American Golfer Program. If you don't come near one of our chapter locations, you can sign up online to get a PGA professional to give you lessons at no charge. And then, wow. uh, you know, we don't take we don't take everybody because we don't you know, our budget is limited. But uh, we had like 65 sign up last year. And, and I think we're filled up. If I talk to Danny Flieger, our our executive director, um, we just hired another girl, Nina Myers from Clear Channel. Uh, she worked for Clear Channel for a while, and we're excited to have her. So um, we're looking to expand that, you know. I mean, I think it's a great idea. Um, PGA professionals, you know, teach and grow the game, and they're the experts in business and, and, and teaching of the game. And so, uh, you know, if you find, a you know, this application online and you find a PGA professional, near your, your, you know, where you live, um, we'll be happy to make that connection for you. That's fantastic. So, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. And Jim, you guys, you guys have an annual golf tournament, uh, every June. Talk about that event. Plus, uh, you know, so, you know, as you mentioned, some of these, you know, the other clinics that the SMGA holds and, uh, the, the events you guys sponsor throughout the year. Sure. Well, Jamie, uh, Winslow, uh, he is the business side. I'm the golf side. So Jamie has a lot of connections in business. He's a lobbyist and he works for a large company, Sumitomo Corporation. And anyway, a lot of his friends from school and support our cause unbelievably. They come in from all over the country. We usually have, you know, 144 players. I mean, we have a ton of people come to this event. We have warriors in every group uh, for the sponsors to experience what it's like for these guys to, uh, to hit the golf ball and see what they do on the golf course is just mind-boggling to a lot of the sponsors. They just can't believe it. And then, of course, it's a great way to interface with corporate America for these guys to get a mentor, so to speak, you know, someone that's going to say, hey, this is what you need to do to get to get established uh, in the workforce here in, in civilian life. So it's really cool. I mean, I, I you know, if I could just quit my job and just do this SMGA stuff full-time, I mean, I would, but... Um, Thank God we've got uh, two young employees that are that are motivated, and uh, you know I I just you know I, I just wake up every day excited to uh, to go to work, which is good. I mean I still like to play and played in the senior PGA French Lick. I I just was amazed at how awesome that golf course was. I mean it was such a challenge, but what a what a piece of real estate! Oh my gosh! Right, the guy did a he did it did it up right there. So. Uh, 
Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to probably I'm going to look at going to Champions Tour qualifying and try my hand and see what those guys are all about. I mean, uh, so yeah, I still like to play, but I mean that's really my passion is the the SMGA and and teaching. Um, so yeah, yeah, Jim, I, I have to imagine that you know some of the people that you get to meet and and, and work with on the on the SMGA, you know, they they, they have such incredible challenges to overcome, oh, you know, whether it's, it, you know, a loss of a limb or you know multiple what? limbs. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, the thing that we can do as a group, we have 13 board members that have all been military, uh, experienced in the military, both in the, um, you know, all different MOSs, their military occupation ranges from infantry to, you know, up to the Pentagon. So, you know, when we sit down and have lunch with these guys, we hope that we can build up their emotional bank account. In other words, get them to trust us and say, hey, we're here for you. You know, you made the commitment for us. We're here for you. And you don't have to tell us anything or you can tell us everything, you know, but basically we want to serve you guys. You served us. And that's our motto. Right. I mean, you know, one fair way at a time. We're changing lives. So um, when you're able to get a player like that, to, you know, talk, you talk about, you know, how they all, the great sacrifices they made for every one of us. Right. And, and, and the right. tremendous loss that they may they may be suffering through. But when you're able to get uh, a player like that to start playing golf again and, re, and regain some of the joy of, you know, playing the game or learning the joy of playing that game, that's got to be incredibly fulfilling for you. Talk about what it's like to bring back the joy. Oh, yeah. To I mean, you know, I'll tell you, Chris, I played golf at the highest level. I played on the PGA Tour when Tiger was at his at his prime. And, you know, I would go out there and beat balls and grind for eight hours to make a living. And it was so self-absorbed, you know, and you have to be that way. If you want to be a great tour player, you've got to be self-absorbed and you've got to be able to say no to people and you've got to, you know, you got to be a little selfish. And it was hard for me. Um, and I mean, I'm a hard worker. I never had a great college career. I never even won a college tournament. It took me until I was 32 to get on tour, but, but, you know, I, my goal was to make the tour and, and win a tour if I never did that. But, but the point is, when I started working with other people and saw that, Hey, I got the wrong perspective on this. I'm taking golf and it's my life. You know, this is my livelihood. I, it, it means too much to me. I don't have any balance in my life. So when I saw these guys and what they had to deal with, I'm like, I'm worried about a little golf ball going in a hole. And these guys have got two missing limbs. They're in the hospital for two and a half years. They don't know where they're going to work they don't know where they're going to live they don't know where their family members are and i'm worried about hitting a little golf ball in a hole to make money and i'm like something's wrong with this picture <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, no Todd, that's that's got to give you some pretty great perspective on things exactly so i sort of changed my whole way of thinking and uh you know I think I probably am a better player now because I don't have that perspective that golf is everything in my life and I have to make a putt and have to hit a golf ball and suddenly my ego and my self-esteem is not based on my golf score. Right. Jim, so, as I, pretty as cool. I, no doubt it is. Jim, I, I mentioned, you know, in the intro about the, uh, the innovator award that golf magazine recognized you for talk about, talk about that award and what they gave it to you for. Well, Bill Fields wrote an article in Golf World Magazine and Rex Hoggard. And, uh, I qualified for the, the uh, Club Pro Championship and made the PGA. And um, But before that, in 2007, I mean, I went to the Disabled American Veterans Organization and I said, look, 
I think we need to do something in the way of recreation for these guys. And, and they said, look, we'll set up the bank account. We'll get you a treasurer. We'll do it all. All you have to do is just teach golf and we'll collect the money and, you know, you can do whatever, you know, you want to give clubs and lessons and whatever. But I think, you know, just it was overwhelming to go to the hospital and see see all that. You know, I mean, the military changed so much in terms of the ability to them for them to protect their warfighters. I mean, they've got these Humvees that have got incredible protection on them and all this. And so guys were, were dying in Vietnam are living now. And so those injuries were so vast and, and, and severe. I mean, with head injuries, you got multiple amputations up in lower extremity. You've got people with traumatic brain injuries. Some of them lost their their ability to uh, to do things on a daily basis at the level that they're used to doing just from being, you know, exploded out of a Humvee or whatever. I mean, and so it just motivated me to, to, because I saw some miracles happen in that hospital. I saw people that couldn't walk or talk play golf and and break 80. I mean, you tell me how that happens. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's like, you know, it's like, how does that happen? Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. so I mean, uh, I've just, the, the people at Walter Reed, um, embraced us from day one. We, you know, they've got so many great physicians over there and, and thank God my dad was a doctor. So I was a little bit, you know, Hey, I was a little bit under, I had a, a clue about how all that works a little bit, you know, and I, I learned from all those great physicians, PTs and occupational therapists and rec therapists about balance, mobility, stability, and all the things that they were doing to get these guys back in on, on the, battlefield we do in golf and i'm like well geez this is a perfect fit right so you know you look at ricky fowler and all these these top kids now they all got a trainer they all got a sports site they got you know you know it's like that's what the military does to prepare those guys to go to battle the same exact stuff that's great stuff and golf is such a mental game right i mean and to be in theater and have to same exact thing that you have to do when you're under pressure on a golf course. I mean, you got to think right. on your feet and, and you got to be able to have confidence in what you're doing and, and be able to react under pressure. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same deal. Jim, when I look back, you know, you know, over, you know, your biography and the, and the, and the things you've achieved in the game of golf. And like you say, you're director of instruction now, and you've been, You've been coached by, you know, some of the greatest coaches in the game's history. You know, you spent time with David Ledbetter and Jim Flick and Mike Adams. Talk about the those guys have had on you. Well, I'll tell you, David was at Greenleaf in 1988. I was just turning pro, and he had three three people that he was teaching. He came from South Africa, and Greenleaf gave him a spot there in Orlando, and he had Frosty and Nick Faldo and, and Price. And, you know, David changed the game with video. I mean, he had a Sony video camera, and he's, like, looking at video, and I just never heard anything like that. And he had a mirror, and he had a, a, a video room, and he's like, let's look at your swing. Let's look, let's break this down. And, you know, so he changed the way we taught. Um, and, of course, you know, he got involved with IMG early on with Nick and, and Price and Faldo. So he grew the game for all professionals. He He was the standard as it relates to – to how to build a business. I mean, he's got the business savvy, uh, and he's a great teacher. I mean, he doesn't, he's a pretty humble guy, to be honest with you. He's a pretty shy guy, but he loves the game of golf and he will do anything and everything to figure out how to make people better. And, um, 
you know, David played a little bit on the European tour. And, and so I learned a lot from just watching him and his staff. He had a very small staff, but now obviously with all the places he has around the world. But, you know, I was fortunate back then to just to get a feel for not only how he taught a beginner, but how he taught a tour player. Um, you know, I'd watch him work with Nick or, or Frosty, and I'd just be, you know, just watching as a kid going, you know, this guy's, you know, I don't, I don't know how he does this. You know, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out, you know, how he approaches every, every, you know, every person differently. It's a unique, everyone has their own blueprint based on their body and, you know, how they think and so on. And, and Jim Flick, you know, I mean, I got through TaylorMade. I've been with TaylorMade for a long time. I got to be with Mr. Flick um, a number of times. I never forget calling him right before tour school in 1998. I had to play well the last day, and he gave me some great advice. He's like, play with your eyes and play by feel. And I went out and shot 66 the last day and, and got my card, and that was the biggest thrill of my life. So, wow. you know, and Mike Adams, you know, in 90. I was club pro player of the year 95, but I went to Mike in those early years and, and he was on the forefront of biomechanics with Gideon Ariel and all these guys. And Mike is, you know, he's a scientist in nature and Dr. Jim Suddy. I mean, all those guys uh, at the PGA uh, at the highest level in teaching um, had some influence. And I go to those coaching and teaching summits and I learn something every time I go. And, um, you know, to me, uh, the best teachers make it simple, and they figure out your blueprint for you pretty quick, and they get guys better pretty quick. I mean, because this is a, you know, a society where you got to get you got to get people better in thirty minutes, or they're not they're not coming back. So right, um, you know, so that was the gift. I watched a lot of guys teach. You know, the younger teachers I don't know so much, like a Sean Foley or. Chris Cuomo. I, I got to see Chris at the teaching and coaching summit give a presentation, but I'm used to Dick Harmons and Butch Harmons and Billy Harmons and, and those guys who played are taught without a camera a lot and, and taught by ball flight. And I think there, you got to be able to mix both of them up. I think you have to have technology. I think it's helpful, but I also think you got to teach people how to play the game. It's not just golf swing. And so in our clinics, we want guys, I always tell them, I want you to hit it first, get it airborne, and then we'll worry about where it goes. And then you can hit it far in that order. You know, there so you um, we set their sights. We give them expectations that are that are achievable. We don't want people to go out there and practice golf and, and infuriate themselves. So, you know, it's, we try to set that tone pretty early on. And we've Jim. had really good success. I mean, you know, most of the people that play the game and get a set of clubs are still playing. I mean, from what we've tracked. So we're happy. Yeah, about that's that. great stuff. Jim, one more before we let you go. We've got our next guest, Paul Grandgard, hanging on the line. And we're going to get to Paul in just a moment. But before we go, and you've talked about, you know, here teaching guys and, and some of the you know high level thought process you go through but what what's something that we get uh, you can share with our listeners who may be going out to play this weekend some typical mistakes you see we amateurs make that maybe uh, yeah, a tip sure. can help us shave a couple of strokes i'll tell you one i just you know i hate to brag on this but i'm 51 and i shot 63 on wednesday at piedmont country club and i, wow. I took a tip nice. i know i had 10 birdies it's crazy i hadn't shot that in two since 2003 but but I've, I've had a lot of influence from aim point. 
I've had a lot of influence from Dr. Craig Farnsworth. But one of the things I did on a breaking putt was look at the spot where I wanted my aim point and not the hole. So on a left or right downhill putt, a lot of people miss the hole because their last look is at the hole. So their hands go to the hole and they miss it on the other side. So what I said was, I'm going to look at my spot. And if it's downhill, I'm going to look a little short of the hole and I'm going to find that spot to look at. And I looked at the spot, I hit it at the spot and I'm, that was that was that's the one little tip that I would try if I were you. I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but it worked for me. <laughs> wow! So uphill putts into the grain, you know, I, I look past the hole. I don't look at the hole. If it's uphill into the grain, I'll look a little past the hole. You know, optimum speed, I want to go six to twelve inches past. You know, I I don't want to leave putts short. You know, and the biggest thing for people they need to realize is try to make your three to four footers. Work on those. Work on your lag putts from 20, 30, 40 feet. And then, you know, three clubs are 80% of your score, your driver, your wedge, and your putter. So spend the most time. If you have, if 40% of your score is putting, spend 40 minutes of every hour putting. There you go. That's a great tip. Absolutely. Jim, how can our listeners, you know, find you and the Salute Military Golf Association online? Yeah. So I just have my own website, jimessesgolf.com or Park. Dot com, which is where I work. It's a great training facility outside of D.C. We got 160 stations. We got 12,000 square foot putting green. It's a great place to learn golf. Wish we had a course, but we got a couple practice holes. But anyway, but smga.org, um, you can you can learn all about SMGA. We got great PGA professionals, you know, working in parts of the country like Boston and Dallas and Fort Bragg and Camp Lejeune and Fort Eustis and Fort Drum and you know so. Uh, yeah check us out you know and give us a call if you have any questions particularly if you're military i'm looking forward to the warrior open again i get to caddy for this new kid i had andrew hillstrom he's uh he's going to play in the warrior open and uh i'm looking forward to that that's always fun so absolutely hopefully you guys fill out that application if you're under a 20 handicap get on that george bush foundation warrior open and fill out that application so they can pick you for that warrior open because it's like a tour event. It's cool. That's fantastic. And you're also available. You're also out there on social media as well, right? On Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, number one golf doc. And you know, like I, I go on Facebook. I've got my own Facebook page, MSS golf. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not greatest at the, at the, at the social media platform. I'm not, I'm getting better. I'm going to learn from you, Chris. I'm learn from you. <laughs> <laughs> Jim. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday morning to be a part of the show. It's, it's always so much fun and a privilege to get to talk to you. I hope you'll come back and keep us updated on what's going on with SMGA and and the things you're doing. I I just thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to let me talk about that because it means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, once again, I I hope that uh, all those folks listening in armed forces radio and around the world know that, you know, the golf world, is on your side and and we want you guys to uh to enjoy life a little bit when you get the time you know call a pga professional and go out there and get some lessons and some clubs and get out there on the course absolutely right jim thanks again and we look forward to catching up with you hopefully real soon in the meantime all the best to you everyone that's uh, participating in smga and uh, and your family as well all right thanks again chris appreciate the time bye now all right take care jim catch up soon that's Jim Estes. And again, 
you know, great stuff that uh, that he is doing. So salute Military Golf Association for all of our veterans and wounded warriors out there. Please check it out. SMGA.org online. Really great stuff. And I look forward to having Jim back on the show and uh, he can keep us updated on all the great things that they're doing. All right. Now back with me on the Seymour Putters guest line is Paul Grandgard. Let me give you some background on Paul. He earned his bachelor's degree at uh, Stanford and his MBA at the University of Chicago. He spent 19 years as an investment banker and uh, is now uh, president and CEO of the Allen Edmonds Shoe Corporation, and he's been so for the last seven years. The Allen Edmonds company has been handcrafting shoes made here in America going all the way back to 1922, so they've been doing it for 93 years now, folks. They were on the verge of bankruptcy in 2008 when Paul took over, so he led quite a turnaround there. They partner with uh, one of my golfing heroes, Jack Nicholas, to make an outstanding line of golf shoes. I know because uh, uh, I got a pair and they're the most comfortable pair of shoes, golf shoes I've certainly ever worn. And I am very excited to have Paul back with me again next on the tee this morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you, my friend? I'm well, Chris. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Good. So, so Paul, let's let's start right there with the Jack Nicholas line of golf shoes. Paul. You know, the look of the shoe is outstanding. My next pair is going to be the Anaconda shoes in brown. Love how they look, and they're just fantastic to wear. But I got to admit, Paul, I was a little bit skeptical because, you know, they are completely spikeless golf shoes. Got sort of a nub pattern along the sole of the shoe. And I wasn't sure about the stability and how they would perform. But I tell you, you know, the, the first time I got to wear them was uh, first thing in the morning up at the French Lick Resort up in Indiana, Do. All over the ground still, and the shoes were absolutely outstanding. Talk about creating those shoes with Mr. Nicholas, and how you guys provide such great stability with the spikeless golf shoe. Yeah, you know it was Jack uh, himself who said he didn't want to do a spike shoe. I actually started off when we first uh, started working with both Jack and his son Jackie. Actually, was quite involved with what we were doing. Um, you know, thinking that we do a very classic looking shoe because uh, the classic shoes were disappearing. And uh, there are a lot of us who grew up playing with spike shoes, love the sound of the click right. on a cart path uh, between holes, uh, walking from the slam of the trunk in the parking lot to the first tee, you know, and hearing those clicks and just um, feeling the spikes. But um, Jack said nobody needs spikes. And uh, nobody wants spikes anymore. I, you know, he really wanted us to have a shoe that you could put on at home, drive your car to the golf course and walk right on uh, to the course and then maybe run errands afterwards wearing the shoes. So you know, we went down that path uh, with him and uh, came up with an initial pattern that we liked quite a bit, but um, it was a different kind of construction of the shoes and uh, if you really practiced a lot, the way they were the shoes were made, the the sole would start to pull away from the uh, outside of of the foot uh, as somebody twists into their forward foot when they swing, especially an aggressive swinger. And they weren't holding up as well as we needed them to, and it's, that just wasn't Allen Edmonds' uh, quality at that level. So we came up with a new construction where we uh, get these shoes sewn. Uh, together and uh, in the way we make our great dress shoes. And uh, this new uh, tread that we have on the bottom, you know, has these great nubs and then a connecting line between each of the nubs and the whole pattern really just um, grips the ground as well as, as you need to, whether it's dewy or dry or 
sand situations or right. you know, it just really works well. Yeah, no, I was I was completely amazed and uh, and very happy with uh, you know how the shoe performed. Like I say, you know we were we were the, one of the first groups out, so there there was dew everywhere, and uh, boy, the shoes just were outstanding and very comfortable, and they look great too. So kudos to you guys for coming together on a on a great uh, great golf shoe line. And you guys also work with Mr. Nicholas on on other things. You've got hats, you got golf gloves, you got socks. They're you know very unique in their design and and the Nicholas logo. Talk about working with him on other things as well. Well, the socks um, were actually uh, something that you know was our idea. We said, Jack, can we put the new logo we have on some socks? And and uh, he, he's got obviously uh, arrangements with others for apparel, but nobody had socks out. So they have golf shirts and and other golf uh, apparel, but not socks. And we went to a company just north of us in Wisconsin, also along the shores of Lake Michigan. This one in. Sheboygan, it's a famous sock company, Wigwam. They make uh, socks for uh, triathletes. They make socks for hunters. They make some really great athletic socks. And uh, we worked closely with Wigwam to come up with a, a sock that would, you know, be a, a great sock to have uh, in a golf round, absorb perspiration, wick it away, and all those great performance things with socks. And then it was fun to put that uh, jack with, his putter up in the air on uh, the 17th hole at uh, the Masters in 1986 to put that icon right on the top of the sock. Um, you know, for a big fan of Jack as I have been and uh, uh, always will be, uh, you know, to have a logo like that uh, to look at every time we show one of our products to somebody, just it gives me a bit of goosebumps every time. Yeah, no, and as you know, I'm a huge fan of Mr. Nicholas and 86, you know, the 1986 Masters, one of two events that uh, brought me to tears after the uh, 1980 U.S. Olympic teams win. But uh, those two events are very moving for me. And, and uh, I, I love, I love that logo that you guys have incorporated. And I got to tell you, Paul, I was driving home last night. I live uh, just outside of Atlanta and I was going through downtown Roswell, Atlanta. There's a lot of uh, sh shops and, and restaurants through uh, in the square of Roswell. And uh, I, out of the corner of my eye, I get captured. Guy's got a, a darker hat on with a, uh, a yellow logo. And there it was, the uh, the, the Nicholas and, uh, and Alan Edmonds uh, hat that the guy was walking through downtown. I thought, that is outstanding. <laughs> That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. Oh. So any plans uh, with Mr. Nicholas to expand the things you guys are working on together? Well, uh, we're uh, working on the next edition of the shoes. We're coming out with some new styles here f that we'll introduce in the fall. They'll be uh, available in southern climates in, you know, during golf season down there and ready for next year. So that's the main focus right now is to you know, try to stay fresh with some new styles on, on the shoes. Great. Paul, you know, last time, you know, we uh, we had the uh, the opportunity to talk, and and uh, we talked a lot about the you know taking out the Allen Edmonds company from the brink brink of bankruptcy and completely turning that organization around. Give us an update on how things are going for you guys this year, and then as as you sort of hint at a little bit, what we've got to look forward to out of the Allen Edmonds line this fall. Well, one of the things I'm most excited about uh, for the fall is a, uh, a boot that we're doing that we're calling the Normandy boot. It looks like an army paratrooper or a paratrooper's boot from uh, 
from World War II, and uh, so the connection there is obvious by calling it the Normandy. We try to name shoes with some little meaning behind them. Sometimes it's easier than others, and, this, and in this case, when I saw the boot being developed, I just thought, you know, we got to name that after uh, World War II, the paratroopers on D-Day, and the victory there. So um, it's it looks like it came out of somebody's trunk. Uh, you know, they found a World War II Army trunk underneath the uh, couch and downstairs or maybe up in the uh, attic somewhere and pulled it out open and, and hadn't been opened in years. And there are these boots in there. They're soft. They're, they are immediately broken in. And um, it's just a very cool look with anything you'd want to wear over them, khakis, jeans. Uh, you know, it's the right thing to wear to a football game in, in the northern climates of this country, I think, for the, this fall. Uh, and we think it'll be a big feature of what brings some energy to our our stores this fall. We've got our Rediscover America sale at the end of September and the beginning of October. We have it end on uh, the Monday of Columbus Day every year uh, because, you know, less than 2% of the shoes that are bought in the United States in a given year were made in this country, and we're one of those last remaining right. places that makes their shoes here. So. That big sale is coming up. We're looking forward to that. We've uh, just opened a new store in the D.C. area at Tyson's Galleria, and it's off to a fantastic start. Uh, we're going to open in Pentagon City next year, so we'll be close uh, to the Pentagon, which I'm looking forward to serving uh, the men and women who serve us uh, with a store right nearby there. And, and um, we're just going to continue to grow. We've got a store coming in. Seattle, Washington area in Bellevue for the first time in about a month. Uh, we've never had a store in Seattle before, so we're excited about that. We just continue to expand the business. That's fantastic stuff. And yeah. Paul, as you as you mentioned, you know Wisconsin, you know the you know and and how well you know your shoes are made, hundred percent made here in the U.S. in Wisconsin. The the company was bought a few years ago by a, by a company, a, a private equity firm in, in LA, but the headquarters has remained for Allen Edmonds in Port Washington, Wisconsin. Talk about why you guys have chosen to stay right there in Wisconsin. Well, 93 years uh, is a lot of generations of shoemakers and um, it's really important to have experienced people train the next generation in how to make these shoes. It would be very difficult to, try to uh, start a shoe plant with all new people for one thing. And, you know, the second thing is, um, you know, the reason I went over there is uh, a sense of mission. It, you know, it wasn't a job that I thought I'd ever do. Uh, but, uh, you know, these companies in, in their communities are extremely important. And, you know, Milwaukee has a fantastic history of manufacturing. It's one of the great manufacturing centers of the United States. And, and yet they'd had the same problems in Milwaukee that a lot of uh, the, the all cities have had with plants being shut down and jobs being lost and right. production going overseas. So, you know, I, I and the whole team I had there very much felt a mission to uh, get this company strong again and to uh, keep it going, uh, to provide the jobs, to give Americans a chance to buy great shoes made in the United States and to, you know, once we got it going, start uh, walking and then running um, once we got back on our feet. Because, you know, we didn't want to be at just 2%. We're hoping to 
play our part in changing the direction of that percentage and bringing it back to first three, then five, then ten, and who knows where it could go uh, going forward. And, you know, as, as you mentioned a moment ago, you know, uh, a lot of the production, you know, for shoes, uh, 98% of the production of shoes is, is overseas. Talk about resisting the temptation, or I'm sure you guys have had to have been approached multiple times from manufacturing facilities, you know, offshore. Talk about resisting the temptation to go the route that so many other people have gone. Well, um, you know, one of the important things to know is to understand yourself and what your brand stands for. And, you know, there are way too many competitors who do their business that way in the shoe business. And uh, if we had followed that path, we would have immediately lost our identity as well as the soul of the company as to what we uh, we we want to be what we stand for and, and what our customers expect of us. So it was never really comp- contemplated that we would, um, you know, shut down Port Washington. We do have a plant, you know, just so everybody knows, in the Dominican Republic where we make uh, some of the cheaper shoes that we sell, less expensive shoes, shoes that don't have all the touches that go into our fine dress shoes. Um, we sell, uh, you know, simply made boat shoes down there and some driving moccasins where we make them down there. You know, and I feel good about that, too. Uh, you know, the Dominican Republic is, for one thing, it's the island where Columbus first landed. And secondly, you know, it's just a few hundred miles off the shores of Florida. And if we don't give, take care of our own hemisphere, you know, the Caribbean, you know, the old Monroe Doctrine for all the history fans out there, um, we'll end up with rafts and other kinds of boats washing ashore, uh, you know, people trying to get into this country. So, and, and we just can't sell a boat shoe for $250, which is what it would cost for us to try to make it in the United States. So um, we sell them for $125, $145 made out of there, and they do very well for us. But 90% of our shoes are made in the United States, and um, we're just very proud of that and don't ever think about going away from that when it comes to our great dress shoes. Paul, when you when you came on board just a, just a little over seven years ago as CEO, what's been the toughest decision that you've had to make as uh, as leader of Allen Edmonds? Well, you know, it's funny if you talk to entrepreneurs um, and ask them, uh, you know, if you knew now what you knew then, would you have started that company or would you have taken that job? <laughs> they usually say, "No, I was glad I didn't. I didn't know what I." Uh, didn't know back then because I might not have had the courage to do it if I did. Um, I'd say the same thing about decisions we've had to make. Most of the decisions we had to make seemed very obvious at the time. Now looking back, it's like, wow, I'm glad we decided to do that and uh, didn't you know, get distracted or think some other way uh, in a key decision. You know, There have been a couple of personnel decisions that have been very difficult uh, you know, people are really important to me. I don't believe that business isn't personal. I think when you spend that much time with people together, working in common pursuit, you know, there's no way to keep it impersonal. Yes. You you want it to be personal. It should be personal. And uh, so when we've had a couple of tough personnel decisions, those have really uh, eaten away at, at me personally and at others in the company. So uh, those are very tough. Uh, but, you know, the idea of what kinds of shoes we want to make um, – where we want to make them, who we want to be, those have been really very straightforward decisions. I had a very clear view of of what our opportunity was as a company, and uh, 
and what we wanted to stand for. I think it's important for companies to stand for things. Uh, companies have personalities, too. They have commitments. They have values. They have morals. And uh, you know, those key things were never in question for us. No, and and boy, I could can't agree more with the things that you said there, Paul. Because you know, I I feel the same way about about people and decisions. Because uh, you know, when we spend eight, ten, twelve hours a day, sometimes you know, I, at uh, at our place of work, uh, there's nothing more personal than than the job that we do and the performance of our, on our job. So I, uh, I I really appreciate you sharing that story because I'm uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I when we hire people, I have what I call the airport test. You know, what if your flight got canceled or delayed for two hours and you had to sit in the airport with this person? Would you be, you know, antsy and sorry it happened, or would you look forward to getting to know them a little better? And if the if if it's the former, you probably shouldn't hire them. If it's the latter, that's a that's somebody you want to put on the team. There you go. That's a great test. I'm going to remember that one, yeah. Paul. For for sports nuts like me. You've also got, you know, you've, you've got you know, a great shoe line made out of, you know, the same leather as, you know, Major League Baseball's so with stitching like you'd see on a baseball. Plus, you've got, you know, the, the Duke football leather shoe. you got a basketball shoe. And, and, and Paul, i got to tell you, I'm from Pittsburgh, right? So some and some of my fondest memories are at Three River Stadium. I've got my eye on a pair of cufflinks that you guys have made out of pieces of the seats from Three River Stadium, which is absolutely spectacular. Talk about the other great sports items that our listeners can find on allenedmonds.com. Well, you know, Allen Edmonds men, as we call them, you know, that's what we call our customers, the uh, Allen Edmonds men. You know, they're, they're leaders in all walks of life, and, and many of them grew up playing sports, and they love sports, and, uh, you know, they're kind of all Americans, these guys. And um, so we wanted to give them things that uh, would, Make them smile, be a great gift item between colleagues at work at the holiday time. And I just love those cufflinks. I discovered those actually in my second trade show in New York. I was walking around, and there was this very small stand by the company, Tokens and Icons, that makes that stuff. And they simply go and work with Major League Baseball, and they work with the NFL, and and uh, they get – reclaimed wood when stadiums are remodeled and they uh, take the wood and, and cut it up and put it into these cufflinks. And, and you might think that the, the wood is actually a, you know, precious stone of some kind, or, you know, maybe turquoise or lapis lazuli or some kind of stone, but it's actually a piece of wood from Fenway park, maybe, or from the original Yankee stadium or, or in your case, you know, from, uh, Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh, which I used to love watching, too. Uh, Roberto Clemente play in Three Rivers on uh, the NBC Game of the Week with Mm -hmm. Kirk Gowdy. Remember that? And Tony Kubek. Yes. We were younger. Uh, I was anyway. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's a ton of fun, and and it's a great gift. Uh, It's it's a great thing to wear to a dinner. You know, you're talking business with somebody, but at, at business dinners, it always turns to the personal side, and comes up that somebody's from Pittsburgh and they're a big Pirates fan and and you can point to your cufflinks and say these are from Three River Stadium and the guy's face lights up. So uh, we, nice. we try to bring those things. The same thing with the football leather. We buy a lot of leather from Horween Leather Factory in Chicago, one of the last remaining tanneries in the United States. And Skip Horween's a great guy. His son Nick is a terrific guy. They're, they're, they're in their 
fourth generation now of family leadership at that company, and and they've been making football other since uh, George Hallis was leading the Chicago Bears and um, or uh, making, and they are still the leather that the NFL throws around. Uh, I don't know how they inflate them exactly, but they. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's Horween leather that. Uh, Tom Brady's grabbing onto when he throws those passes. So, um, you know, it's it's fun to have shoes made out of Horween leather, that kind of football leather. We got a belt made out of that as well. And, you know, I've got buddies who play college football, and, and I gave one of them a pair of our loafers made out of those that leather, and he wears them all the time. And it's, it's either his secret that he's wearing footballs on his feet or uh, he tells people. But they look like great dress shoes. Pebble grain is uh, very popular right now, and that's what football leather is. It's it's a imprinted pebble grain, and um, and yet he knows that they're he's got dukes on his feet. So, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So what we're trying to do is just have some f- fun with our customers and uh, yeah, you know, make them smile a little bit. Yeah, no, it's that's all great stuff. It's you know, and it, and I think that's important for our listeners to know. I mean, you guys make you know. The, the best you know men's dress shoes on the planet but there's also other things out there that you guys do as well that you know to your point it's fun to take a look at i tell you you know i when i mentioned the cufflinks boy when i saw that boy I, you know my eyes lit up you, know, you talk about some of these other things and other styles that you guys do as well that's all such fun stuff you know as well plus you know before we let you go, you, you've also got other things that you know, people may not realize they can find on alanedmonds.com. You've got T-shirts and dress shirts and sweaters, jeans, pants. Talk about all the other things that people can find when they go to alanedmonds.com. Well, it's uh, you know we're working very hard to try to take this great relationship and trust we have with our customers and and expand it. Um, you know, it's good business number one, but I hope you can tell us that's not. <laughs> so much why we do it it's just it's it's fun to help our guy find um things all the way from the right pair of underwear to uh t-shirts and shirts that that we know they're looking for and we get them as much as we can we price them the way we price our shoes which is what we call accessible luxury so many things that are high quality uh and and made at the highest level of uh, quality materials end up being way overpriced and out of the reach of most people and you know one of our goals is to price more fairly if we can take the middleman out so we we are going directly to the supplier when it's not a shoe you know we only make shoes so everything else we sell is made by somebody else for us and um, and you know we want to be going directly to to great manufacturers who can make things for us and then allow us to sell them at uh, very accessible prices. So one of the things we're most excited about for the fall is great canvas and leather bags. The canvas that we're using in these these bags that are trimmed with leather is the same canvas that the tents in World War One were made out of. And uh, you know that to me is just it's, it's a great story behind it. We look for great stories. We call these kinds of products discoveries. Um, Sometimes we actually invent them and then discover them uh, in working with our manufacturers. Other times, uh, somebody else already makes it, but we think it's a it's a great discovery. So um, for our customers, so we we just are hoping to continue to build our trust and relationship and make them glad that they 
they went beyond the shoe with us. There you go. Yeah. So, Paul, you've talked about a couple of, of the new store locations that uh, that we can look forward to around the country opening up. So besides AllenEdmonds.com, talk about where people can find an Allen Edmonds store and uh, and get their great stuff there. Well, I appreciate very much the prompt, Chris. You're a great guy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we've got 55 stores around the country. They are concentrated in the business centers of uh, the United States. We've got 10 on Manhattan. We've got four now in the Washington, D.C. area, three in the Chicago area, three in Boston. Uh, but th- we're coast to coast and border to border now, from Minneapolis down to New Orleans on the Mississippi River, where uh, we go from uh, San Francisco to uh, the whole eastern seaboard, Philadelphia. We've got a great store in downtown Philly. Um, so if you go on our website, com, there's a store locator there that can uh, tell you where to go. And I encourage people to go to a store when they can. Um, shopping online is very easy uh, once you know your size. But one of the great things about our shoes is there, many of them are available in nine different widths. And uh, a lot of people have forgotten that you have more than one dimension to your foot. It's not just about the length of your foot. Uh, if you get the right width and length with an Allen Edmonds shoe and then with the different shapes of our shoes, because not all our shoes are made on the same molds. They're made on different molds for different foot shapes. You basically get the quality of a custom-made uh, shoe for your foot because you get the right combination of shape, width, and length. And you can only find that out by working with one of our master fitters in our stores. So strongly encourage people to do that. I'm not sure, though, that it's going to help uh, me, and maybe you, Chris, but it won't help me shoot 63 to have these. <laughs> no, I love you. Don't, don't sell yourself Jim. short now, Paul. I mean, you know, uh, I love Jim's uh, pointer on how to shoot 63. And, and as I was waiting to get on the line here, I got to go look at my spot later today and see if I can at least get down to a different three. It won't be 63 <laughs> and it won't be 73. We'll see how many other threes above that are possible. Paul, how can our listeners follow you and follow Alan Edmonds uh, on social media as well? You know, we're on all the, the various places, Instagram, Twitter, we're on uh, Facebook, AllenEdmonds.com. You go to AllenEdmonds.com and you can get into any one of those uh, social medias. You can also, uh, if you really love men's fashion, there are two fantastic uh, web communities that uh, I'd encourage you to look at. One is called Ask Andy About Clothes, AAAC.com. Andy Gilchrist is a terrific gentleman who has been in the fashion industry his whole career and he started this website many years ago as a place to give advice and for men to dialogue with each other about what they're wearing and why and what they like. And uh, we're prominent in, in discussions on that site. Another one is called Style Forum, one word, styleforum.net, and uh, that's another great place. And then uh, I've been on Reddit a couple of times with interviews, and it, it's younger guys who asking me questions and um it was always a lot of fun for me so it's pretty uh long-winded <laughs> the uh the interviews on reddit if you go on reddit and just uh, search for alan Edmonds, you'll see quite a bit of dialogue there too that's great stuff 
Paul, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday to come back and and be a part of the show uh, with me again this morning. Great stuff that you guys are doing at Allen Edmonds. I can't thank you enough for uh, for being here and uh, and it's uh, it's been a privilege for me to get to get to know both your brand, Allen Edmonds, and get to know you over the last few months. Really enjoy having you as part of the show. Thank you very much, Chris. And and can I just say in closing, uh, it's a real honor to be on your program, knowing who your listeners are. And I just want to thank all of the uh, servicemen and women out there for their incredible service to our country. Thank you very much for adding that. Paul, look forward to catching up with you. I hope you'll come back again soon and keep us up to date with all the great stuff that you guys are doing in between now and then. uh, All the best to, to you, your family, and everyone in Allen Edmonds. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Same to you and everybody listening in, Chris. Thanks. All right. Take care, Paul. Yep. Bye. That's Paul Grandgard, CEO of Allen Edmonds. Again, folks, allenedmonds.com. Great stuff. And I tell you what, when we talk about the fun stuff that they're doing, I'll tell you, you want to talk about a guy who's, whose eyes lit up? Now, you know, you guys know I'm a, I'm a huge Jack Nicholas fan, right? So knowing that, you know, that they are working with Mr. Nicholas and, and the great shoes that they have, and I love, love the shoes. Really great stuff. And the hats, I got, I got, I bought several of the hats. I got the socks. So I got it all uh, for, with Mr. Nicholas. But then when I saw the Three Rivers Stadium cover, Links? Are you kidding me? Pieces of Three River Stadium, you know, seats and a cufflink. That's outstanding. So great stuff on there. So many great things that you're going to find. Go to allenedmonds.com. Check it out. And then, again, as, as, as uh, Paul just mentioned, uh, ask Andy about close. So aaac.com and then the stylenet.form. Great things from Paul Grandgard. Look forward to having Paul back on the show, hopefully, again, real soon. All right, folks. Time for me to put a bow on this one. Before we close up shop, you know, I like to remind you, great book from our friends Dave Stockton Jr. and his dad Dave Stockton out there called Own Your Own Game. Remember, folks, you heard it from from Jim Estes earlier in the show. So much of the game is played in that five-inch space between our ears. So get your mind right. In this book, the Stocktons let you know how to you know, play better and more in and winning golf by controlling your mind and easing your mind. Own Your Own Game recreates the experience of riding 18 holes with Mr. Stockton at one of his highly sought-after corporate outings and draws from his experience as a champion on both the regular tour and the senior tour, slash the you know, champions tour now, plus as a revered coach as well. He teaches you how to think better, stay calmer, execute more consistently, and the most important thing, how to enjoy the game more thoroughly. Go to StocktonGolf.com to get your copy, and for a few extra dollars, Mr. Stockton will even autograph it for you. All right, everybody, my sincere thanks once again to Jim Estes and Paul Grandgard for joining me today and making today's show so much fun uh, to be a part of. And we thank you for choosing to tune in. We appreciate you guys the very most. Please check out our sister show as well, ThursdayNightTailgate.com. Thursday Night Tailgate with me and my uh, my co-host, Mr. Uh, Bob Lazari, and our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. Uh, that show airs every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio and Armed Forces Radio as well. That show, like this one, is also available on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player.fm, SoundCloud, our friends over at Audio Boom that have been featuring our show every week. We thank those guys very much for doing that. You can also find us on Podbean. So wherever you're pulling your podcast in from, you can find that show and this one. We are joined every week on Thursday Night Tailgate with uh, by legends from around the NFL and the CFL. They're sharing their stories with us as well. Please also check out this show and Thursday Night Tailgate on Facebook. And give us a like. That's important to us too. So you can find us online, this show, next on the T.net. And like I mentioned a moment ago, Thursday Night Tailgate 
Com. You can stream or download any of our archive episodes for either show for free, plus stay up to date with who our future guests are going to be by going to either site. Thanks again, folks, like I say, for choosing to listen to this show today. We really appreciate it. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. And participate in Wendy's for a limited time. Meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.